0: Welcome to the DJ Force X podcast, episode seven. Uh, As you may have noticed, I took a couple of weeks off, uh, mainly due to a cold, had no voice. So I was very croaky uh, and coughing and spluttering. And rather than subject you to that, I thought I'd just rest it and come back strong. Um, And also I had a friend pass away last week uh, in the UK. His name was Alan Chapman. A lot of you, a lot of my friends will know him um he was uh, an alternative dj like myself uh we worked together for 12 plus years at the same club we knew each other for longer as well and um he was uh he was a staple in the local scene um in and around uh, the surrey hampshire and london area um and it's very 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 tragic loss to us all and i'm gonna miss him miss him so much um yeah, so rest in peace, Alan, and uh, we'll see you on the other side, buddy. Uh, on to what we missed over the cu- past couple of weeks. Uh, we had the Star Wars trailer hit. Uh, 88 seconds of of just goose bump awesomeness, I thought. Um, also, on the gaming front, we had Zelda. The gameplay for that come through, the Nintendo presentation of that. And quite frankly, that's just made me want to throw money at a Wii U Um, I was kind of staggering my purchases of the current gen game systems this time around because I had all the last three as well. And uh, I've never not owned a Nintendo system or a current Nintendo system. So uh, I'd definitely be getting one regardless. But Zelda has just made me want to get one even more uh, along with Super Smash Brothers and um, what I've played of Mario Kart as well looks awesome but in the meantime if any of you are on the xbox one i'm currently playing my way through destiny um if anyone wants to join me for some raids or anything just look up dj force x find me there add me drop me a message let me know when you're about um if it's in the us i'm on eastern time if it's in the uk i'm five hours behind you uh anywhere else in the world you can work it out so (laughs) um yeah i'm that and i'm playing titanfall so titanfall that's good for a laugh Uh, if you want a quick run around shoot them up great um so yeah uh on to this week's show um interview even this was recorded live at a state theater in st petersburg florida uh in the fozzy tour bus um with rich ward the guitarist uh also of stuck mojo and adrenaline mob but we'll go into that in the interview um so yeah sit back and enjoy Welcome to this week's show. Uh, I've got a very special guest. It's body guitarist, songwriter, and producer Rich Ward, also known as the Duke. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Uh, special indeed. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? Man, I've been doing great. You know, this is the last show of this tour. Uh, a month in the states, and uh, we're we're happy to be in Florida right now because we were up north for the first two weeks, and it was. Uh, you know, 14 days of snow and ice and barely cracking single digits temperatures. Yeah. It was freezing. So it's uh, even though it's still a little chilly, it's uh, nice to be in uh, somewhat warm weather.
0: Yes, and probably safer roads slightly as well. Absolutely.
1: And that's the one thing is like a lot of times people are like, well, what, is it, what difference does it make to you? You're on a tour bus, you're in clubs. Well, the difference it makes is as a guitar player, uh, when it's cold, your hands don't work good. And when it's warm, your hands work awesome, yeah. you know, and, and that's, it's it's a big deal. And yeah, will I warm up on stage? Yeah, but it means that even in the venues sometimes because the backstage areas are pretty chilly because they're attached to the big, you know, uh, open bay doors for loading in and loading mm-hmm. out yeah. and and I want to put on the best show that I can possibly put on, you know, people pay a lot of money to come to shows and so it bums me out if I'm, cold for the first couple of numbers you know i want to be i want to be on fire and song yeah. number one
0: yeah no definitely definitely so this is the final night of the u.s cinder block party tour yes um how has it been for you have there been any standout nights any particular venues that were just off the chain or anything like that
1: you know we we had a great show in minneapolis that was probably like the the best crowd response of that that leg of the tour, uh, and then once we got down here to Florida, God, they've just all been so good. Fort Lauderdale was great, Orlando was great last night, and we've had some great shows, and tonight's going to be packed. I think we're going to have another great show. So Excellent. Yeah, I think we're going to finish this uh, this runoff good. Well, I, look, I look forward to it. All right, all right.
0: on. <laughs> um, yeah, I last saw you guys play, uh, it was last year, I think, down at Club Detroit, just down the other side yep. of St. Pete. Um, that was quite an intimate show to see you in there because I'd, I'd missed you guys um, in the UK uh, when I lived there. Uh, you even toured with one of my friends' bands, and I even missed that show.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we we used to tour the UK like three times a year. I mean, yeah. we were always over there, and it was just because our the music business is two parts: music and the business. Yeah. And our business apparatus in the UK was great. We had such good fundamentals and the people who were involved were doing such a good job with us and handling the band that we just found ourselves there more often than we were in other parts of the world. But it wasn't because we were selecting like it's not as if the bands like open up a a, a map and say we want to play here, here, here. It's it's all done through smarter people than us. People in the record companies and people management and booking agents and they plot a course based on where the organization is strong where the reactions are strong where the press is strong and so for us we spent a lot of time in the uk and it's been really good to us
0: excellent excellent yeah no like i said you you with one of my friends bands they were like the opening band on the tour but i even missed that show because you played locally i can't remember what happened I must have working or something.
1: <laughs> I missed Bibli- you there. Biblical flood. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: But then uh, I saw you guys were playing down here, and I'd only been here for a short time, so I thought, you know, check out the local venues at the same time. Nice. You know, and it was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. Cool. It was awesome. Um, it Thank It was you. cool. So I'm going to talk about your latest album, Fozzy album, uh, Do You Want to Start a War? Yes. Uh, an excellent album. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It was um, it's it's quite different from your previous ones as well, right? I think this it, this one kind of jumped on me a bit more. Um, yeah, it's got kind of uh, if don't mind we said like a party rock feel to it. Like yeah. the riffs are really bouncy, and it's like it's very very party kind of. Um, and it's really catchy as well.
1: Thanks. Well, <laughs> and that's that's kind of my thing is big grooves and party atmosphere. I mean I I I really like the late seventies um vibe. There's yeah. something about the late seventies like Queen and A C D C and everything was rocking, but it was a bit cheeky and fun and it had like it didn't take itself too seriously. You know, like, Bon Scott was, like, the most amazing frontman because he was so aggressive. You thought he could smash you over the face with a beer bottle at any moment. But at the yeah. same time, he was so fun, and he was, like, the master of the party. And I've always liked guys like that. A lot like Andrew W.K. is another guy I really like. Yeah. I like his attitude. And I come, my my band that I've been in for my entire life since I was a teenager was Stuck Mojo, yeah. and that was a, a bounce metal band. So that's that's the, our sound. The Fozzy sound is basically rooted in Frank, our drummer, and myself from Stuck Mojo. Mm-hmm. Our rhythm section, it's the same rhythm section from from Stuck Mojo. Yeah. So yeah. there is there is a lot of Stuck Mojo in Fozzy because you can't help it. Yes. We're the guys who wrote for both bands, so it's going to be that way. Uh, But Chris's energy is completely different than Bones, the vocalist in Stuck Mojo, and he's the guy who really, uh, because Bones was such an aggressive, angry frontman, and Chris is such a fun, free-loving, rock-and-roll party guy, Mm -hmm. that that kind of party element really breathes, and it really shows itself in in Fozzy.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, between the albums, um, listening to them before I came over, but the, like with the previous albums, it was very much more kind of that metal side of things. And then with this one, it was that kind of evolution into that party vibe, you know, the big bouncing riffs. You, they were kind of already there, but with Chris's attitude and
1: his, I think he changed his vocal style slightly as well, well didn't he? And that's part of it too, is part of it was f- as the producer of the band, I, I, I told Chris and I talked to my manager first because I ne- wanted to get some professional feedback. But I kind of felt like, that I was writing riffs and stuff that wasn't necessarily a perfect fit for Chris in some of the earlier records. And that's the thing, is like, uh, Chris is two sides. He loves Dream Theater and Iron Maiden and Halloween. Yeah. So he likes dark, mythological metal yeah. and... Yeah. Big storytelling. That's right. Stuff, yeah. And then the other part of him, is he, he's David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley. <laughs> but to me he is david lee roth and paul stanley he's not mythological metal yeah to me he enjoys that and he likes it like that's a part of something that he really enjoys but i in this album wanted to steer more away from that because i felt like he was a much more effective frontman and a much more effective singer when we really captured the essence of who he was yeah so that I mean, because let's face it, we're performers. Okay, that's what we do. We, yeah. we we take bits and pieces of our personality and we pump them up and we create music or if we're an actor, actress, whatever, we try to bring bits and pieces of ourselves into these characters. Yeah. But but in rock and roll, you don't want to be playing a character. You want this to be who you are. Yeah. Um you know, and you can like Ozzy Osbourne and Alice Cooper, you can find Bits and pieces of your subconscious and develop that that doesn 't necessarily mean that that 's your primary uh, personality traits. there can be bits and pieces that you can go to to be the madman on stage and then be more more understated and a shy guy off stage. But I felt like this new record needed to be more of a a larger than life rock star um Rooted in Paul Stanley and David Lee Roth for Chris on this, yeah. and and moments of Rob Zombie and that kind of thing. Those guys who are much more characters and personalities than trying to do some kind of, uh, like I said, some kind of uh, a progressive rock direction. And I feel like the new record, at least from my perspective, is better. Is a better record because. Not because of any other reason other than I feel like I was able to connect with Chris in an honest and genuine way better on this record. Yeah. It suited who he was better than the other records. Not to take away from any of his other performances because they're all great on the other records. But I felt like this was a better fit for him. Yeah, it,
0: Yeah. it definitely felt that way. Because um, obviously his persona in in his other job, that's <laughs> his right, his wrestling, he's a big character. He's yeah. large on life. He's loud mouth. He's you know he's the entertainer. That's right. And that really reflects on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard the first time I heard lights go out, I was a bit like, oh, and then I really got into it, and it became because it has that electro rock element to it right. as well, which I hadn't um, obviously associated with you guys before. But the nature of my rock show, it plays on to electro metal. So it's been a regular on my show since since I got it. Nice, <laughs> cool. Thank you, thank you. Um, but other tracks I did on the album was like, uh, what was it um Bad Tattoo? is another one, I like that. Nice, cool, thank um, you. Brides of Fire and Unstoppable. Yeah,
1: cool.
0: Um, all, all great tracks that are Thanks. on rotation constantly. On right on, and stuff, thank you. So, but I mean, like I said, this album, it, it's really stuck with me. Um, not Like I said, not to take away from your other albums, but it was kind of, it really did feel very comfortable for everyone in there. Yeah. Like listening to it and... um yeah like you said you wanted to play to that you knew your strengths you played with chris's and you got that you got that element down
1: yeah um, and and that's the other thing about us is that we've been such a part-time band for so long because chris has had a full-time job yeah. a, as a sports entertainer yeah and dancing with the stars and book author and he's had so many other careers and we have too you know we've had other bands so there's yeah. been other things that have gone on and so over the years it's we have been a part-time band, so whereas when you're 19 years old and you find four guys or three guys and you get in a van and you tour 12 months out of the year, you develop quickly because yes. your chemistry is growing and you're learning, and, and but we didn't do that. We were a part-time band for years, so our chemistry is we're in this kind of... Phase now where we're just now really starting to hit our stride. Yeah. Because we've been, we're much, we're a lot, we're uh, we're uh, unlike most bands in that we didn't go through that process of getting in the station wagon and and playing every crap hole uh, uh, on the planet. Yeah. We went straight from let's play a show after Raw you know in tampa when they're in tampa and then we'll fly to seattle and play after raw that's where we started just playing after row after raw shows um and, and nightclubs and we did that for years yeah
0: no but you've had that like, individually you've kind of had that in your different world well, obviously you have started that way with other bands yeah getting in that van heading off and with chris with with his wrestling background you, they have the same thing where they get in the car and they travel to various places every night of the week. That's right. They're on perform. the road constantly. So you had that ingrained in both of you. That's right. And fusing that together, which, like you say, now you've kind of evolved together as songwriters and producing this album and me playing to each other's strengths. That's right. It's jelly now. Yeah. You know, Um
1: and it's it's really good to see that because it's, it's about chemistry, right? That's yeah, exactly. What a band is. Exactly. It's like a football team. It's like it's it is. It's never just about the goalie or the center forward or whatever. It is the chemistry of the team. Yeah, and that is really when when they get you know when they get on the field, it's how they work together. You, yeah, you, it, there's has it, never been in the history of music. You can never build a great band on one guy. Yeah, it has exactly. to be. It has to be about chemistry. Yeah, because you seen that when when someone does have that, um, like, it is the one
0: guy, and then that one guy goes off and does something else, and it doesn't work as well. And that's you right. Realize it's the whole band. That's exactly right. You know, and you can never. You can always look at Queen and think, oh, Freddie Mercury, but Brian May and things like
1: that. And it, it without that element behind him, that's exactly right. They wouldn't be who they were. Well, you look at. You can look at Led Zeppelin. You can look at Jimmy Page went off and did. A band with Paul Rogers, another one of the greatest rock singers on the planet in, in that band, The Firm. And it d- didn't really do anything. And then Jimmy Page did a thing with David Coverdale, and it didn't really do anything. And it just goes to show you that Page and Plant, yes. it's like those guys together. It's like chemistry with yeah. John Bonham and John Paul Jones. It was like That band, outside of that band, those guys have really not done you know, I'm saying I'm not di- diminishing their solo careers, but certainly separate they they haven't been able to achieve the greatness that they did as yeah. a group. They won't, they won't be remembered for that
0: side of Correct. things. it will be re- always be Zeppelin. Yep. You know, same thing there.
1: with David Gilmore. He's my favorite guitar player on the planet, but on his own, it's just not as powerful as yeah. it was with the Floyd. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yep. I've um, got plenty of
0: Floyd stuff and plenty of his solo stuff, yeah. and it, it yeah, it just doesn't have that magic that you know that collective magic that they had.
1: And I love. David Gilmour's melodic approach and I love his solo records but it was the darkness and the the the, the sadness from Roger Waters mm. you can just tell that that tortured artist soul yeah. on those records Blended with Gilmore's brilliant musicianship, mm. it was like that's the chemistry, you know. It's there, but it's not. It's that yeah, that it, half missing. Yeah, you you've, know? You've, it's all the beautiful musicianship and beautiful melodies and beautiful songs, but there's a darkness and a haunting quality. It's a little bit missing. Yeah, and, hey, but hey, luckily we have both. We can always go yes. listen to the old records. That's
0: true. That's very true. um Back to the album. uh What What was the plan for the album initially? Um, just in general, was it as it performed as well? in the comparison to that plan or as i don't even
1: know because when people start projecting sales figures well what do you think we're gonna sell i don't ever care like my my idea of success is go in write a great record record it and it comes out on the on the, the 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 day the last day of mixes and i sit back and i think wow three months ago this didn't exist yeah and now we made this record and I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of my band and so proud of what we've done. If anyone buys it, great. But if no one buys, if no one buys it, I still did what I wanted to do, yeah. which is make something that I feel like is a great record. And I feel like there's so many people that can set themselves up for failure by having some expectations that, that somehow they're going to sell a certain amount of copies. Yeah. This record sold twice as many copies as Sin and Bone's in an In a time when the industry is retracting, yes, so the fact that we're actually selling substantially more than we did of the last record when the album i mean when the industry is shrinking and bands are selling less albums says that it's a success, yeah, the label's happy with it we 're happy with it, but ultimately you know if if you if you uh, if your happiness is dictated based on the amount of numbers that you sell. If the next record doesn't sell a lot, then you'll be miserable. So I, I, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I try to set my expectations based on us, what we do, having great shows, making what we consider to be great records, because let's face it, you and I and Jericho can go see a movie and we probably have three separate opinions on whether we liked it or not. You know, we may all three like it, but some may like it less than others. It's it's, we all have a palette, Right. We we like certain movies. We like certain music. We like certain fashion. And that's just a personal taste. So if someone doesn't like my record, I don't get offended because there's a lot of people that I'm friends with that I don't like their records. And I like them. And they're great musicians. But they don't play music that I like. So what? Yeah, that's They got a lot of fans, and he doesn't need me to like his band. We can uh, still be friends. That's you know? very true. Yeah, no, that's very true. Cool. Um, You mentioned
0: that you produced this album as well but you produced all of them haven't you
1: uh since 2005
0: yeah what's the reason why was it because you were a part-time band the fact that you had your own studio so you could record parts and then when chris became available between you know his performances with with the wwe and things was it was it because of that or was it just you didn't want another producer because you had your own like vision of
1: what you wanted to do yeah it's probably a combination of a lot of elements, but I worked with some of the greatest producers on the planet, namely Andy Sneep, yeah. who I've learned almost everything that I know through Andy. Yeah. Um, and he produced my Stuck Mojo records, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot about sound and 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 listening to things and just the technical side of things. Um, I feel like I've got a really good good ear and I've got great intuition and then the other part of it is is that when we were recording um the All The Remains record our producer who was doing that record Rick Beata who is also an excellent producer um his father passed away and so he had to leave the project so it kind of got laid in my lap so I didn't really know what I was doing I, I was really trying to kind of learn but it was was no other way around it yeah we you know we i we had to keep moving forward and so i set a a a small computer setup just like you have here in my rehearsal space and i finished the album recording vocals and guitars and it was a great learning experience it's just it's you want to you want to make a garden well you build you, you know then you plant a garden yeah and you're going to make mistakes, and something's going to be super successful, and you're going to fail at certain things. And that's what I did on that album. I learned a lot. It's I, th- I made a lot of mistakes on that record, but then, ever since then, I've produced every record I've done. Yeah. Because I stopped being scared of it. I realized I can do this. Yeah. You know, I have the ability to, I trust myself, I know my band guys, I know how to get the, I mean, that's 90% of being a producer is being able to get the best performances and knowing how to be a therapist to like knowing how to say to Chris who has arms bigger than my legs (laughs) how do you say that was terrible do it again how do you do that well you do that because you respect someone and you know that they're very talented and you know how to get your coach yeah you're basically saying hey here's why that wasn't good look at your head position also, more diction you know I need to have more clarity of uh, we need to hear the words, yeah, read the lyric, connect with the lyric let 's just talk let's let 's make a great record, and how yeah. do you do that you, you You push each other yeah and 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 that 's basically most of what I do as a producer is working with my band guys. I know them they 're my best friends yeah. I know how I know where their strengths are and where their weaknesses. I steer them away from their weaknesses, and I say. Frank, you're the baddest groove drummer in the world. Do that. <laughs> this over here, you're third or fourth in the world. Good at that, yeah. <laughs> you know. So maybe you only do that once. Yeah, you know. And it's just working with your guys. Yeah, it's
0: great to have that understanding, though, that you can actually approach them that way. Because I know a lot of bands, and I've I've been in the studio with a few of them, and being able to tell them something is very difficult. It's hard. And when you do tell them, and if they take it really badly, again, you're just like. You could ruin an entire day. Exactly. Yeah. It, it does. It, it gives that bad atmosphere in the in the studio, and you kind of don't – that day is gone. Yep. You know, you can't use anything you've had that day.
1: And Chris Chris is a big personality, and he's a very successful person. And when someone has a lot of success, it's difficult to say to somebody, that wasn't good. Yeah. You could do that better. But it's it's all in how you say it. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that you're not talented or you're a bum, you suck. It's It's – I play more wrong notes than I play right notes when I'm writing and in the studio. Mm. It's a matter of capturing lightning in a bottle, exactly. capturing the great notes, yeah. and and what was I doing at that moment? And trying to figure that out. And it's you know it's trial and error, and that's the idea of rehearsing for six months and recording a live record in the studio. Is appealing to me but that's not how we make records we make yeah. studio albums like we're constantly rewriting and we're working and we're experimenting try this and try that so every day is not just about recording but it's also about exploring different ways of doing it
0: yeah
1: cool um so down to another subject here you've
0: got a european tour coming up yep next year um what can the uk and european fans expect from this tour
1: It's going to be the best that they've ever seen, us for sure. And a lot of that comes down to everything we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, Growing as a band, um, chemistry is just really good right now. We've been touring a lot, and we're playing well together. We're getting along great as a band, and the set list is great. We've got all these new songs that they haven't heard yet from the new album – and we're playing like six songs from the new album. I mean, it's we're oh, cool. yeah. I mean, but we're playing a longer set, so we're getting songs from every record, and it's it's cool. It's so the 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 set is a little heavy uh, towards the newer material, the last two or three albums. Yeah. But still, for those fans who bought the first couple of records fifteen years ago, there's yeah. still going to be a couple songs Excellent. from there. Excellent. I know. No, I was gonna say I got. Um, I remember picking up
0: Hapless Stance. <laughs> um and i've still got it um but i really loved your cover of um
1: eat the rich oh we play it every so, night oh, we yeah. never don't we, we it's always in the set
0: yes no i remember you played it last year and i was like i love it <laughs>
1: it was because i used to play that in the clubs
0: like, it was a dj in a club back oh, in the rock clubs and uh, that was one of the fuzzy tracks i used to play nice um that and i think the latest one was the one with m shadows mm-hmm. uh sandpaper sandpaper that's yeah, right. Yep. yeah yeah that was another one um but yeah no i, I really enjoyed that
1: first album so <laughs> Thanks, man. it's good Thank to
0: know you're still playing stuff on it yeah, of course it, so. and
1: we're playing we're, and we're playing to kill a stranger off of happenstance so we're 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 making sure to those people who've been with us for many years cool. we're sticking by it excellent excellent
0: are there any uh venues you're looking forward to playing over there
1: cool. you know i mean the, the truth is is that for me the there are some classic gigs obviously but I, I don't want to name any of them because I don't want people in those other areas that I don't name to go. Oh man, how come he said he wa- he's looking forward to the London gig or he's looking <laughs> forward to Manchester? Uh, but for me, we—the only thing that I'm a little upset about is we're not getting, we're not doing any shows in Wales for whatever for some reason. Because uh, for me, it's it's great to be able to do Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England, yeah. so that. You know, when you're there, you you try to reach out to all those fans because you hate to to put people in a position where they have to take a four hour train ride or something. You know, it's nice to be able to try to get as close as you can to folks. And we don't have any shows in Yorkshire, which is a a bummer because you know, for those people in the north, it's it's you know, it's nice to give them a a show. But we are going to be in Manchester, so it's kind of close enough. But but you know, but again, that's not up to us. No, it's the we get the schedule category. and they tell us where we're going to be, and it's all up to the buy the show buyers. Yeah, because you have promoters in the areas, and yeah. you know we've got some great promoters like Duncan up in Scotland, who always we always know we'll be with him. And then sometimes you'll see new faces, you yeah. know, that who like is a, a new promoter that wants to take the band on. Yeah, so it's um, and I've seen the schedule, but uh, it's uh again for me it's uh every morning i wake up and it's a new day and and uh just excited to be on the road
0: excellent that uh, sounds really good I'm, I'm i'm gonna be bummed to miss it because obviously i live here now yeah
1: so, but i'll see
0: you guys tonight so that's, yeah this is good so <laughs> um so yeah what um what influences
1: you um on your work the band or as an individual who who influences you i mean it used to be like guitar heroes of mine like you know billy gibbons and angus young and mm-hmm. david gilmore and you know Eddie van Halen and zack wild and but now it's more uh, looking at bands who did something different and took risks. you know I, I love devin Townsend he's yeah. my go to resident uh mad scientist that I love, yes, because he's fearless, <laughs> and I think he's ultra talented and he can do anything he wants. And he does it with ease and yeah. brilliance. He does anything he wants. That's he's right. He's one of those people who's like Mike Patton. Yeah. He'll do anything he wants, Yes, regardless of what That's people right. think he should do. I agree. You know, and, I, and I love that. And I, I, I love that quality about him. So he, he's one of those kind of go-to guys for me. Um, You know, when I... And truthfully, I, I want to make records that... Uh, well, like I said, that fight against the cookie cutter nature of American active rock radio there's so many bands here that just kind of have the same sound and the same could be said for kind of the melodic death metal sound coming out of Scandinavia there's a lot of sameness yes you know and I love In Flames and I love you know Shine Down there are some great active rock radios and Swedish you know kind of melodic death (laughs) metal bands too but for me like I would want to be like in Flames or at the Gates where I'm the first one. Yeah. The one that put the flag on the moon. Yeah. You know, I don't want to stand in line behind 20 other bands doing the same style. I'm not interested in being in a genre. Yeah. I'm interested in being a genre. Yeah. And and that's what I'm always striving for is to... That's why I love being in Stuck Mojo. We were one of the first rap rock bands and we did it very differently from other bands. And I was proud of that. And that's something that I want to strive for is to find my little, even if it's just a small little patch of grass, I want to say, claim this in the name of Fozzie, you know? Yeah. Or Or for myself, you know, as a writer, because when it comes down to it these these albums are Fozzy albums, but they're my kids, yeah, you know I mean, when I'm sitting in a in my house for two or three months writing a record in a dark room with a drum machine and a guitar in my lap and a microphone, like everything in my life is wrapped up in these songs, yeah, you know and it and it takes the rest of the guys in the band their their influences and their playing style that makes it a fozzy song, but still at its core, it's a rich ward, baby, yeah. you know. Um, is, there, is there anyone you'd uh, like to work with in the future? I'd love to work with Devin again. I, I worked with him in 96 on a Stuck Mojo record. Oh, okay. But I'd love to, now that we're almost 20 years ago, to that, <laughs> I'd love to work with him again. Um, uh, Russell Allen, who is the singer for uh, Symphony X, who I played with in the Adrenaline Mob for a short period of time. Yep. He's one of my favorite singers. I'd love to work with him. Excellent. Um There's a there's a lot of super talented people out there. I mean, I'd love to songwrite with, I'd love to songwrite with Ice T. You know what I mean? Like, there's just dudes who are like cool guys who I listen to their records and I go, their records good, but like egotistically, I think we could make a badass record together. You (laughs) know what I mean? It's like whether I'm right or not, who knows? But there's some artists that I just think like. I think we could do something super special together because I think our chemistry would work. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean I'm great; it just means that, like, I think they're amazing, and I think that together our chemistry would be exponentially better than yeah. us by ourselves.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds good. <laughs> you yeah, should, you know not I Hook that one up. <laughs> yeah. But no, I know what you mean. When you find someone, you think I could work really well with them because yeah. I I'm, I come from a music background as well. I was in a band in the UK, and there were some artists that I was like. Really work with them and do this with, and, and you felt it would work, yeah. You know, but we—I just didn't get the opportunity because it was.
1: Well, oh, it's, it's hard. hard. It, yeah, how, how do you happens. how do you get a successful person who's already has a career of their own who's working hard, doing their own thing? I mean, like, would I love to work with Peter Gabriel? Of course, but I don't think I'd be good working with him. I'm a, such a different type of musician that I don't think that would work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are guys that I'd love to be in a room with, yeah. just to be in a room with Elton John and go, dude. Yeah, yeah, fist bump. Saturday night's all right <laughs> for fighting. Amen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you wrote "Leave On," I love you. Yeah. But but ultimately, I couldn't make a record with Elton John that I think anyone would care about because I'm a rock, hard rock guy. Yeah. I'm a metal guy.
0: Yeah. You know. What do you do between your musical projects? Because you've had quite a few. Um, what do you do in your downtime? Like when you're not writing music? I'm a, I'm a
1: workout guy. I really love exercise. It's like, I think it's because I, I'm an addict at, at heart. Even though I've never done drugs um, or been a drinker, I could see myself easily being a heroin addict (laughs) just because I find myself clinging on to obsessive compulsive things. Yeah. You know, so I find myself like, yeah, I'll just do things in excess always. So I I exercise in excess. I I play music. You know what I mean? Like I almost to the to a point like right now I'm doing this. uh, I'm a vegetarian and. Like I used to be this hardcore carnivore, but now I like, and now I'm doing this strict vegetarian diet, which I love. I'm juicing lots of meals, so yeah. like I try to find outlets that are healthy, as opposed to the a bottle of booze. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I totally I, because I have that. that personality about me that does things to to excess. So, and I'm I'm in love with my wife. Uh, I've got a good lady. So I spend a lot of time with her. Uh, we're kind of BFFs. We don't have kids, and we have dogs. And so I will work during the day on songs and exercise And when she comes home. we I try to when I'm not on tour. I try to have a normal 6 to 11 life yeah. where you – eat dinner together yeah. and try to act like a normal couple, whatever yeah. that is, you Get know, done, yeah. and I, kind of I try yeah. to, I try to be a husband, you know, because yeah. I'm gone so much on tour or when I'm writing and recording, I'm gone. Yeah. So when I am at home, I want to be a, a husband to my wife if I can. So yeah. I know those are simple things, but sometimes like my life is so exciting out here. I'm in a different town every day and I can go to cathedrals and I can go to theaters and I can do, I can go to, I could just do so much, you know, I mean, yeah. it's overload It's like I live a life that most people only dream of because in a year I'll be in Australia and I'll be in Europe and I'll be in, you know, Moscow and yeah. I, I just do so I get to see so much and do so much when I get home. The idea of going to the zoo is not super exciting because I, you know, my life is a zoo, so I want to be. I want to be a bit normal. There's part of me that wants to live like one of those TV shows from the fifties. Yeah. You want to ground yourself. Slightly yeah. Cause
0: I say, you know, life on the road. You are, you're waking up in different towns, cities, so much to do.
1: And you get home, you're like, Oh yeah. Plus, you know, there's a lot of people on this bus. <laughs> yeah. And the people that I love, but the, the littlest thing after you've been together for months on end, it starts to pick at you. It's like if I was to sit here and lightly scratch my knee, yeah. For five minutes it wouldn't be a big deal. And if I did it for five hours, yes. I'd have a huge hole in my knee. Yeah. Where I would just rub and that's what happens when you're in this little metal tube yes. for months on end is that so it's important to try to detox and yeah. get away from chaos. Yeah. Because this is chaos yeah. for me. I mean, people yelling at four o'clock in the morning and drinking and having a good time and stuff. And to me, like I just want it to be quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me when I'm at home, like it's amazing. Yeah. I get to like what is that? Oh, nothing. It's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Yeah, you get those first few days when you're back off tour and it, you have that noise in your ears. Yeah. That's not going away when it's just quiet and then eventually right. that fades and you're just like I don't
1: know. And if it does get loud it's I just cranked up, you know, vintage Metallica or something, yeah. you know, because I want it to be loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The little control freak in me wants to be in control of everything, and it's yes. just not possible.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, have you got any tips you would give uh, a band embarking on their first tour?
1: What What one piece of advice would you give them? They're just about to jump in the van. Well, the main thing is is that know that nobody owes you anything, and that there are 50 bands in every town that have more talented musicians than you the only thing matters is are you willing to work harder than them Yeah. and I would tell them that if you want to be successful in this music business that you better be willing to work harder than everybody else because there's only a few slots for people who actually make decent money Yeah. so if your goal is to just have a few drinks and have some laughs then it doesn't matter but if your goal is to have a run at it because you want to have a career in the music business, you want to make records, and you want to build a fan base, then I would say, be willing to work tirelessly and endlessly, and 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 don't hit on your female fans, don't have sex with all of your female fans, and and uh, and be nice, be a good person. Yeah. Because if you think that you're Axl Rose when you're playing in front of twenty people in a club everyone's just going to think you're an idiot. Just be humble. Be nice. Be a rock star while you're on stage, and when you get off, you shake everybody's hands and you tell everybody thanks. You look every dude in the eye and you tell him you appreciate the 10 quid that he dropped on the gig and that you appreciate it, and that attitude will get them to go buy one of your shirts. Yeah. People want to support nice people. Ultimately, you got to be a good band, so rehearse your ass off, do something, work hard – but then, after that part's done, be a good person. Because if you trash a dressing room, that club won't have you back. It's just, it's just this. It's the common sense stuff that no one told me. Don't be an asshole. Because yep. people will remember that you were an asshole. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I've met a few of those in my time. That's exactly so. right, and, and you, <laughs> you don't want to be around
0: them again. No, exactly. That's, you don't. You don't want to be associated with them, despite how well they might be doing.
1: You just don't. It, it's that bad taste in your mouth. It would know. be amazing how many conversations I have with other bands about guys that we know in other bands that are assholes. Everybody knows those guys. Yeah. And we all it's a little tiny community. Yeah. Listen, there's how many bands are out here really working, you know, American bands that are out here making records and touring? 40? 50? You know, we all know each other. We've crossed paths. We play radio festivals together. Yeah. We know each other. So, trust me, once you start laying down that that groundwork of this guy's hard to deal with people, unless you're a super big band and you're good for money. Yeah. People are going to start turning their backs on you. So I'd encourage people to go in this thing, work hard. Don't, don't believe all the hype that bands do nothing but drink and shag chicks because the truth is, is that, uh, that only happens if you're the greatest band in the world and you have the best songs in the world. The rest of us are, are humping gear in the back of our trailer yep. and we're going to the <laughs> next show.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> cool. Um, well, to finish off, I've got a couple of questions from my listeners. Um, I've got one from Raj. He's based in Florida. Uh, he's, he's asking, how was it for you and Stock Mojo to film the music video for Rising? In the ring with the WCW stars um, like DDP, Raven, and The Flock. Are there any cool, fun stories, experiences from that day of filming that you can remember?
1: Just that it was the coolest experience in the world, setting up inside a ring, and then having the fans surrounding the ring, diving in the ring. And stage diving off the top ropes. And you had guys like Billy Kidman, who's an amazing wrestler, doing a shooting star press off the top rope into the audience. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, so from that perspective, it was – and I'm a wrestling fan. So for me, it was, it was great. Thanks. The other part of it was that a couple of fans, when they came in there, you know, the understanding was we had wrestlers that were in the ring, and the idea was you'd come in the ring and they would throw you out. Well, a couple couple of them were like resisting and fighting really? back a little bit, and it didn't end well for them. Yeah,
0: no, I can imagine. Yeah,
1: can imagine. when Van Hammer, who's six foot six and weighs two eighty five, and you, yeah, yeah, trust me, it's not going to end well for you. Cool. I've
0: uh, Got another one uh, from Ewan in the UK. Uh, he was asking about the band Walking with Kings. Yep. Um, he was asking, "What was that?" band about and and uh are you religious yeah are i am, a, I, am yeah.
1: A, I am a religious person um the that album came about i uh met a guy named terry chisholm and he had this amazing voice and he was a great piano pianist and he wanted me to produce his band that he had that didn't have a name at the time yeah. he had a group of guys i went to their practice and i was like you are a superstar. You have an amazing voice. Your band is okay. What would you think <laughs> about me playing guitar on your record, and me bringing my drummer Frank from Stuck Mojo and Fozzie to play on your record, and let's make the most amazing album. It's it's like I wouldn't call it a Christian rock record. It's like a spiritual rock record. Yeah. You know, it 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 has a lot in in. It feels like an early U two record where the where you know that there is a religious component to it, but it's yeah. not overt. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it was it was amazing, and I love Terry. Uh, he's such a talented guy. And what we decided to do was just give it a name. And I said I want to be your guitar player, and for, you know, like let's be a band. Yeah. But it's like. The the idea of like starting another band was awesome until I realized that I was so busy with everything else I was already (laughs) doing. So it basically became a studio project. Yeah, it never we never gigged with it. Uh, The cool thing is that Terry. Uh, remains one of my closest friends, and he plays all the keys and sings backups on the Fozzy records. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so all excellent. the keyboards that you hear, yeah. that's Terry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, Terry is the uh, de facto sixth member in Fozzy. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, he's a really important part of of uh, of the Fozzy, uh, you know, studio yeah. team. He's a great, he's a, a, you know, he, all the big backing harmonies you hear on SOS and those things, he's in there because he has this crazy high voice. His it's, it's amazing. And you can hear that some female vocals on this record too. Yeah. And so we, we had two, uh, two, two women, Shirley Fisher. And, uh, I tell you, Christy Cook, who sang on unstoppable. Yeah. One of the best vocal vocalist of any chick singer I've ever heard. So we we got a lot of talented people that work with us. But that's basically the the story with uh, Walking with Kings was that I was the producer yeah. and I liked it so much I asked if I could be in the band. <laughs> so that's how that worked out. Cool. Uh you also
0: asked, um, who is the female guest vocalist on the tracks uh It's a Lie?
1: Yeah, that's Alison Erby. Yeah. I, we only worked with her on that on that song. Okay. Um on every album we've had different female vocalists. Okay. Um a lot of times it's just finding Like like you start asking around in the scene of people who like because there's a lot of for hire in Atlanta because there's a big hip hop and R&B music scene in Atlanta. So you can get chick singers that can kind of do soul music. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So then, you know, whenever we have a part that I think is appropriate for that style of singer, I'll start asking around. Who do you know who do you know yeah. and then you know a lot of times you start getting the same names from people that's okay. and that's how we met allison was just through the through the grapevine oh, that's cool
0: yep um last one this is kit from the uk as well um she went to a bunch of the Stock mojo shows in the uk when you did the comeback tour yep um and they were wondering oh she was wondering sorry how did it feel to be welcomed back after so long and were there any um were they were you expecting such a warm
1: welcome from the uk no that was amazing Stuck Mojo is a is a very important band to me, um, in the same way that Fozzie is important to me for a different reason. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's nice to be able to have different voices. Yeah, you know, because um, I guess just like Mike Patton has wants to do Mr. Bungle and he wants to do Tomahawk, he wants to, he has these. Just like Devin Townsend, there's parts of him that would love to play the most aggressive music ever, and there's parts of him that want to be super melodic. And it's hard to make one band successfully do all those things at the same time, and maybe it shouldn't be done that way. And that's why it's nice to have different voices for different crazy voices in my head. Yeah. You know? And uh, and it was nice after a long break. And as a matter of fact, the the crazy thing is we... For the first time in sixteen years, we're doing a reunion uh, in Atlanta the day after Christmas okay. for Stuck Mojo with the original original guys. Oh wow! All four original guys from the mid '90s kind of okay. rising yeah. classic lineup. Yeah. So that's that's super exciting. So I'm we we ha- we hadn't been in a room together in sixteen years. So in our first meeting together, you know, I didn't know where we were gonna hug or get punched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it didn't it didn't end. Perfectly, It wasn't terrible, but it was also, there was enough kind of tension that, we, you know, you just yeah. never know. So in the UK for me, my father's English. So okay. uh, I, even before I was in a band, I was going to England, you know, once or twice a year to visit my family and yeah. stuff. So it's been kind of, I was christened at Stoke Poges okay. and, you know, like, <laughs> like I've and my my grandfather was a famous golf pro in England and uh okay. yeah so for me like i have a lot of heritage so yeah. the uk and england in particular is a special for me because like I said, that's where my family roots are. Yeah. And so to have success there musically, not just in Fozzie, but also with Stuck Mojo was, it's pretty awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So apart from
0: the, uh, the one reunion you just said, is there any plans to tour that reunion or is it just that one off
1: show? We don't know. We're going to see how it goes. Okay. I think it's going to be one of the best shows in the history of best shows. (laughs) And if it does, we'll do more. And if it turns out that it was a lot of fun, but, we've grown up and the chemistry's not there anymore then we'll shake hands and say thanks for a good night cool but you just never know because to me it's not about money it's about are we the best band in the world at that moment yeah and we'll know all of us will look at each other after the show's over we'll know after the first song yeah if is the chemistry there is the electricity there and can we still do it yeah you know that sounds really it's the same thing that a guy like paul skulls or ryan gigs or you know, <laughs> anybody has to ask themselves yeah can we still do this yeah. you know am i still effective and there are some guys it, it, or and i i say that as as an individual athlete but a band also has to take the same approach yeah do we are we still effective as a group yeah or have we grown apart and should we just do music with other people yeah yeah
0: yeah no that makes sense Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah,
1: it's an honor. Thank um, you for taking the time with yeah, me.
0: Yeah, no worries. Thank you for taking the time with me as well. It's, yeah. uh, I know you guys are busy and you've got a show and everything, but yeah, no, thank you very much. Thanks, brother. So, cool. Time. Thank you. Peace! So, yeah! Rich Ward, Fozzy, Stuck Mojo, Adrenaline Mob. Oh, man, that was awesome. Getting to interview him live as well. It was my first face-to-face interview in probably... Well, since the late 90s when I used to run a fanzine. Um, So yeah, having that out on the road and actually being able to record is awesome. It's opened up a lot more opportunities for me. Um, Coming up in the new year, because I think this is going to be it until the new year now. uh, I've got Collisions. I've got Seething Akira. I've got Cypher 16 and I've got RSJ, uh, This Burning Age and a few more that I'm waiting for 100% confirmation on. Um, but yeah, RSJ, Collision, Seething Akira and Cypher 16 are all touring together next year as well. If you want to find out the dates, you can go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash DJ Force X. Um, and in my cover photo, they're playing a complete UK tour. Um, it's going to be an absolutely awesome show. So please find your local one and go to it. I have them in for interviews anyway as well in the new year, but I've also got some some very special guests coming up as well which I'm waiting for confirmation on I can't quite announce them just yet, but um, when I get them, I will so keep an eye on djforcex.com sign up for my mailing list um, or subscribe follow my Facebook page or follow me on Twitter, I'm on most of these places, you just find me, it's always DJ Force X Um, so yeah Uh, So have a happy Christmas, have a fantastic new year. Um, If you've had a shitty year, I hope the next one is a good one for you. Um, So, yeah, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep pushing for it and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Have a great one. Stay safe. So until then, this is DJ Force X out.